the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, friends. It is a steamy, hot, sticky Thursday here in the Northeast. And uh, I just hope the I hope the power stays on. We're we're getting warnings from the local power company here. Cut back your usage, or we'll have rolling brown. No, we're not. We better not. But I think we're good. I'm in a dark studio, and the only thing I've got going is the air conditioner, my computer, and uh, the TV monitoring. Hopefully, what will be the press conference we pick up between the president of the United States and the president of France, as Donald Trump and Emmanuel Macron are getting set to um, face the press. They're also getting set to go to dinner. Uh, president Trump back in Europe for a second time in, in two weeks. He is, um, he is celebrating Bastille Day with the French, I think. I think it's good for him to do stuff like this. A lot of people are saying, why is it? Well, France is an old ally. So let him be a little presidential. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a very good thing. And then we'll, we'll probably, because of this, we'll probably actually get some comments from the president on the, uh, the Russian situation with his son and the meeting his son had with the Russian woman. So uh, he's been avoiding that here. We didn't get any any real statements from President Trump since the news broke that there was this meeting and since we got the three different stories and now that we have it. So this is this is really the first time we've had a chance to maybe let the media ask some questions. Do I expect anything big? No. Do I expect any major breakthroughs today? No. But it's always interesting to see a presidential press conference overseas when we haven't been able to have one here. So I'm interested. Uh, And also, uh, I have a little bit of news. I may jump into this early because we are waiting on the presidential Trump, President Trump and President Macron news conference to happen. I may jump into an interview I got up and recorded early today with um, with Chef Carl Ruiz. Some people call him the Mad Cuban or just Cuban. He's a guy you've seen on the Food Network. He is a, a really great chef, but he's also somebody who's very funny, and, and uh, I, I love talking to him. But the the story here with uh, with Chef Ruiz and and what's happening with the Trumps is is more about where they're going to dinner tonight. And I reached out to the chef because, because I said, wait a minute, I'm reading the menu. And the menu said they're going to be having um, blue lobster and caviar. And I never heard of blue lobster, so I looked it up. And there's a certain lobster, kind of a, a crayfish, a small, a small crustacean that is blue. And you can see it's almost uh, electric blue. But that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about the fact that in, in uh, certain areas of France, it's, it's more regular to have a blue lobster get caught than it is here. It's very rare here. So I decided I'd reach out to Carl and ask him, what, what's the deal on the blue lobster? And what can you tell us about 
about the meal that the Trumps are having because they're going to uh, a very fancy schmancy place, if you will. They're going to a uh, restaurant in in the Eiffel Tower known as um, what's the name of this? Oh, Jules Verne. And it's got a Michelin star. It has earned a Michelin star. So uh, I, I, I was ringing Carl this morning to talk to him about this. Uh, and uh, we spoke for a few minutes of, about the, the Blue Lobster. But he also had some really interesting things to say about uh, the restaurant. Some fascinating things, in fact, to say about this restaurant. And uh, Carl, I, as I said to him earlier this morning, good, moral, good morning, Carl Ruiz. Good morning. I just uh, got here to my seafood purveyor, actually. So I was just talking to him about Blue Lobsters. They don't see him that often here in America, do they? Um, the last one was caught off the coast of Massachusetts, I think. Huh. Um, and then a pair was caught last year uh, in Nova Scotia. But usually you find them in Brittany, France, of all places. That's wild. Is it just because of the water? It's a genetic mutation in the lobster. So it probably has something to do with the strain of, uh, of lobster that's in, uh, in France. But uh, sadly to report, there's pretty much no flavor difference. And because if there were a rumor of a flavor difference, people would be diving for them all the time and trying yeah, to... <laughs> well, well, they would, they would be fake blue lobsters from China already. We would all be eating blue lobsters. <laughs> they would be at Costco. Is what yeah, you're we would have blue lobster cocktail at Costco. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, I always get dubious when I see, uh, what do they call that? What is that fake seafood that's out there, that pressed thing? I don't know what that is, oh, but it scares it's scary. It's actually not fake seafood. What it is is what you're talking about, like imitation crab. Yes, yes, yes. This yes. other thing called lobster sensation. What it is is, uh, on the fishing boats, all these kind of throwaway fish and stuff and scallop parts when they harvest, uh, they compress them all together, and then they dye a little red streak in it. And they and so it is seafood. It's just like uh, a lot of seafood put together in one room that they didn't want to talk to each other. <laughs> so <laughs> we're talking to Chef Carl Ruiz, who has a unique perspective on everything, and especially <laughs> food. So is this kind of like, is that imitation crab meat, what did you call it, lobster what? Lo they call it lobster sensation. Lobster sensation. Is that like the McNuggets of of uh, seafood? A hundred percent an ocean McNugget. <laughs> I've never even thought about that, and I wonder. You know what, Carl? We need to get Mickey D's on the phone, and um, you should take the credit for this. But <laughs> we should pitch them an ocean McNugget, and they could buy that stuff put it in a ball and bread it and fry it. And you know we would buy it. I, I would eat anything fried, as you can tell. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, <clears throat> the, this yep. is great. So what, what are you picking up from the seafood purveyor? What's, what's good now at this time of year? What's the best seafood that people well, look, should be looking for? The thing, I, go, I go early because uh, seafood, a lot of people make the mistake on, uh, on buying you know, having their head set on what they're going to buy before they get there. But the thing is, is seafood's on a clock. It's like uh, Jack Bauer in 24, right? <laughs> so you, you have to get it at its peak of its freshness. So that's what makes, that's how I decide what I'm going to buy, is what's been there the least amount of time. Because a 
you know, a, a coho salmon that just came in from Alaska is better than a steelhead that's been there for three days. I mean, that's inside baseball, but um, what you have to learn when you buy seafood is time. You know, like if you're going to go buy shellfish, all shellfish has a tag. Um, don't go by the, like, oh, these are premium mussels. No, premium is the time. So you look at the tag, and whatever the harvest date is, the closest one that is to the time you're standing in the seafood store, that's what you buy. Wow, that's great advice. And, and this is why Carl Ruiz is my friend. He's not only funny, <laughs> he's not only clever, but he also gives us good advice. I, I so appreciate it. I'm, I'm dying I, to hear what you're making today, so I'll check oh, in with my, you later. My friends called me from the high-end restaurants in New York, and they're like, uh, hey, Trump and, uh, and the new president are eating at Jules Verne. That's the, the restaurant in the Eiffel Tower, right? Yeah. That place just got panned by all the critics. You're kidding. Oh, my God. So it's so funny. So we're laughing. That place is like it's the Red Lobster for France. <laughs> so this is like going to Times Square and right. going so to Bubba Gump. So it's funny. Like, everyone that doesn't know about food, they're like, wow, they're eating that Eiffel Tower. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> that is a fantastic scoop. Now, they've got a Michelin star. Will they take away a Michelin star if somebody gets panned like that? Uh, oh my God! Yes, I mean, I mean, you're talking about France, right? I mean, uh, uh, what? Ten years ago, one of my favorite chefs committed suicide because he lost the star. Oh no! Oh, yeah! Wow! Oh, this is this is France. You know what I mean? This is not. They take food, you know, as serious as we take the NFL draft. <laughs> That's a great, a great way to look at it. Wow! So Jules Verne is now a Bubba Gump shrimp in Times Square in the minds of the food cognoscenti. We like Bubba Gump better because you have they sell T-shirts downstairs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody's buying a Red Lobster T-shirt. It's a fine, uh, we, fine we company. We are dying laughing. We're like, is he really eating there? I mean, wow. I mean, in, in our world, we're looking at it like, these are definitely two non-foodies. I mean, like, in, in, to go in Paris, where you have the best restaurants pound for pound in the country and, uh, and stick everybody at that tourist trap is unbelievable to us. We're, we're, we're stunned. We're, the food community is outraged. Well, my question, Carl, is uh, what's the protocol here for a president who prefers well-done steak and ketchup? And he's Eat at the Eiffel Tower. And he's going to be at the Eiffel Tower with blue lobster and caviar. I, I mean, tr I, I've known people... Um, that that have worked uh, in in Trump kitchens and stuff like that, and uh, he's a super plain eater. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he admits um, that he eats like Warren Buffett lives. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Fantastic! Fantastic! <laughs> well, Chef, he's, he's, I, I thank know, you very much. I know you got work to do. I really appreciate you weighing in. He is Carl Ruiz, the place. He and his wife run it, and I think she's probably the brains behind it. I'm just saying. She makes him she's work. She's the brains behind everything. I don't even know where my socks are. I don't even have socks on this morning. She didn't tell me where they put them. <laughs> but it's uh, Marie's Italian delicacies and Marie's what? Italian creations. We were going to do delicacies with either my wife or I could spell it. So we changed it to specialties. Marie's Italian Specialties. It's in Chatham, New Jersey. Thank you, my friend. I can't wait to see you. We got to talk about Akiyushi beef because... Uh, I got my shipment, and we'll talk. I know all about it. Give me a call. <laughs> you got it. Take care. Bye-bye. Carl Ruiz is his name. You should follow him on Twitter, uh, at, at Carl Ruiz. If you just put in Carl Ruiz, he will show up. He's also, if you're on Instagram, Sabor Chef.
And as you can tell, he loves to talk food and he loves to give good advice on food. That that stuff on seafood is so valuable, the way you can figure out what you should get. And he's right. You should find the freshest. Don't go to the seafood joint looking for uh, what what you have in your mind ahead of things. You should you should go there, find what's fresh, and then get it. But now here's what he was talking about when he said all of his chef friends, and he is connected to the big ones. He is friends with and uh, actually real personal friends with some of the big names in New York restaurants, the Bobby Flays and the, uh, the Guy Fieri's, uh, those kind. But he was talking about this restaurant, and one of the big uh, critics, Ruth Reichel, is uh, a huge critic and she went to Jules Verne. That's the restaurant that is put together in the right there in the Eiffel Tower. The restaurant that uh, Alain Ducasse is the chef. He's a famous chef, and just destroyed it in a in a scathing review. She said, "Quote from start to finish, a miserable experience." Ooh, she said the interior, the decor was like a depressing '70s disco. She also said she had never had, quote, such bad service in an expensive restaurant. And when the uh, little starter, the amuse bouche, showed up, she said, if you could call it that, it was a dish of stone-cold gorgère. And when they asked the waitress that they thought it would taste better hot, they got a testy remark, say, they can, they can warm it up if you want it. She also called the food at this restaurant more like first-class airline food. And when she said the bread there was sad, the chef community is like, wait a minute, what? Bad bread in France? Uh, she, Reichel went on to slam the food at the restaurant where President Trump and President Macron are eating tonight as uh, so bad. The fish was gelatinous. Artichokes served on the side were still clad in their indigestible outer leaves. The wine, the first bottle they ordered was sent back. The second, they thought, was going through a second fermentation. And when they brought it up to the maitre d' and the sommelier, all they did was frown and say, this wine was chosen by Monsieur Ducasse himself. So uh, not the best restaurant in France. And who knows, maybe, maybe the Trumps wanted to go there. And certainly if the Trumps wanted to go there, as president of France, I'm going to honor that request. It's also a location that probably has great photo ops to it. So maybe there are other reasons. We're going to step aside when we get back. Hopefully the press conference between the American and French presidents will be taking place. And we'll try and listen in. Mike Opelka, I'm Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Don't forget, you can join the conversation here at any time. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. Open on any topic. We are waiting to see if there's any hope since the Senate Republicans just released this new plan to repeal 
Obamacare and replace it. And it, it's kind of interesting because I've I've seen a couple different takes on it. We we've only known about what some of the details are. Um, they're they're still holding back the increase of Medicaid. It's not deep cuts as so much as slowing the growth. Uh, they they put in the Ted Cruz amendment. The taxes for the upper deck wealthy earners are going to stay in. Health savings accounts can be used to pay your premiums, which is good. They bumped up some of the opioid uh, support. But I think the most important thing here, that tax that they're going to put on the highest earners, that goes into then block grants, which go to states, which will allow the states to do what they want to do. And as a 10th Amendment guy, I, I can get behind this. I absolutely can get behind it. Uh, I, nobody's happy about increased taxes. But you know what? If it's, if it's going to give us the chance to get tax cuts for middle-income earners, I think that's a good thing. And it's actually going to, um, it's going to put the onus on the states, here, here's one of the one of the things I think is coming out of this, and we'll see if we can wrap our heads around and get the full story on it. But there, if it's the Cruz Amendment is in there, I believe that will allow the states like New York and California and any state that thinks Obamacare is okay to basically continue Obamacare, and it will allow states that don't think it's okay to avoid it, to remove the individual mandate. To me, this is ultimately what the republic is about. To me, this is a a great idea if they can get it done. I don't know if you can get enough consensus on this. Uh, So while the president left and said, you know, I'm going to be very angry if the GOP doesn't get this done, if the GOP fails, uh, I think the Senate's actually kind of kind of working. It looks like they're trying to get different different groups in there. Uh, Rand Paul still, as of this morning, I don't I don't think he's come out after after this uh, this latest change was revealed. I don't think he's come out with any kind of decision. But as of this morning, Rand Paul and Mike Lee were still no's, and I think Ted Cruz was still a no. But they've kept the Cruz amendment in there, so maybe that wins Ted over. I still think you're, you're teetering on whether or not they can get 50 votes. And if they don't have a solid 50 votes, this bill will not be brought to a vote. They will just let it die. So um, is this the last-ditch effort? Maybe. We'll see. There's going to be some statements on this, but they're right now briefing the Republican senators on what this is. And uh, most of the, the Democrats haven't had a chance to to see it so they haven't had a chance to poo-poo it yet but we will see it poo-pooed <laughs> yes we're using the phrase poo-poo it uh we're we are as we said waiting to see at the uh, elysee palace what's happening in france uh, the french president the american president holding a joint press conference and we expect the press to ask questions about don jr and russia and not so much about how the two presidents are getting along and what they're doing for Bastille Day. It could be fun. Uh, If it happens and we're live, we'll grab it live and see what we can pick up. But for the moment, we got to step aside. Michael Pelka, I'm Piero Pelka. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We await a uh, pickup from C-SPAN or somebody else who's ever going to feed us the press conference between President Trump and French President Macron any minute now. We're just keeping an eye on it. Uh, But, you know, it's July 13th. And uh, not only is this the day of this meeting between the French and American presidents in France, and tomorrow they'll celebrate Bastille Day, which is the reason why the president was invited to France, at least one of the reasons. Uh, but today, today is uh, Delaware Day. It's, it's the day that the people who live here in the first state get to run around their neighborhood and wave the flags of the state of Delaware and talk about liberty and independence. Yay, Delaware. Uh, but it's, um, it's, it's the day that we recognize our declaration of independence from, from the British. And since Delaware was the first state, the first state, that's right, we're the first state. Uh, we were the first ones to, um, to declare our independence. And we are we honor Caesar Rodney, and that's why there are always places around Delaware called Rodney Square, Rodney Center, etc. He was one of the signers, the 56, who signed the Declaration of Independence. Uh, Caesar Rodney, part of, part of the important history of Delaware Day, National Delaware Day. Just in case you're wondering, uh, there's not much else going on here. The state beverage, of course, why would there be much going on here? The state beverage is milk, for God's sakes. I know there's a movement afoot here in Delaware to change that to dogfish ale because the beer is, is quite popular here. But uh, no, no, that's, uh, it's, it's kind, of, <laughs> kind of dull here. It's all I'm going to tell you. It's very calm and it's lovely and the people are lovely and there is no sales tax which makes it fantastic. So uh, it's how, how small is Delaware? We have three counties, three counties. And some people say when the tide is in, there's only two, but no, we actually have three counties in the state of Delaware. You can hit them all in about two hours. Uh, so uh, we're, we're, we're tiny, but, but we think we know what we're doing. And I'm sure everybody's got pride in their state. Remember, I came from Illinois. I, I grew up in Chicago, ended up here because of family commitments. But just so you know, it's also National French Friday, which I think gets more attention than National Delaware Day. And if you're enjoying some French fries today, good for you. I'm holding off. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to get in just a little bit better shape, after, especially after talking to Dr. Jorge yesterday. Uh, much going on today. Much going on today. And if you missed Carl Ruiz, the mad Cuban, talking about the restaurant where the Trumps are going to be dining tonight, I think you're going to get that in a special prime cut in terms of uh, the Pure Opelka prime cuts. And, and thank you, first of all, all of you who have been supporting that. 
as as we tap dance a little bit, the top of the next hour, our buddy Emily Zanotti is joining us. Emily over at HeatStreet.com doing some real interesting reporting, and we haven't talked to her in a couple weeks, so I want to get her back. Uh, also, there was something happened last night at the ESPY Awards that I think was staged. I don't know if you saw it. Peyton Manning, who I, I believe is is going to have a career in not just broadcasting, but I think in entertainment. I, I think Peyton Manning will ultimately have a career as some kind of a performer outside of just being a sportscaster. And I say this because his performance last night at the ESPY Awards was nothing short of a straight-up professional, and I thought pretty funny. Did you catch it? gymnastics team was so dominant that Kevin Durant told me he wants to play for them next year. Okay, so he's talking about the American Olympic gymnastics team that, that won a bunch of gold medals and crushed it. And he said, you know, our gymnastics team was so dominant, Kevin Durant would like to play for them next year. Now, instantly the camera shoots to Kevin Durant. So they've got Kevin Durant, the basketball player, in the crowd. And the joke about Kevin Durant because he wanted to change teams a few years ago because he wanted to win an NBA championship and get on a super team. Kevin Durant didn't look pleased. The crowd loved it. Kevin Durant frowning, a little side eye. And I gotta tell you, I don't think he'd start for that team, Kevin. Yeah, Russell Westbrook, what do you think? And, of course, the camera goes over to Russell Westbrook. Now, nobody's talking, but I will tell you, the choreography of the cameras and the, uh, the acting on both sides was pretty good. I thought that was a pretty good moment yesterday, a fairly entertaining moment. Am I wrong? Did you, did you catch it? Uh, it, was, it was interesting to me, but I think Peyton Manning, I, I, I think Peyton Manning has a great presence. Uh, the camera seems to like him. And I think that there's a, a good chance we'll see Peyton Manning in more than just sports casting. And keeping up with uh, the entertainment segment here as we await the press conference in France, the Emmy nominations came out today, the 2017 Emmy nominations, and they're handed out later in the year, I think sometime in the fall. But um, Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live tied for the most Emmy nominations in all of the performances, 22, they tied with Westworld, the HBO show, which is really a reboot of a, a movie from the 70s. But Saturday Night Live, which is also basically a reboot from the 70s, if you want to think about it, sketch comedy scores 22 nominees. And you know it had to do with the president. It had to do with the campaign. It had to do with all of the focus that was on last year's election and then what happened during the early course of the Trump presidency. So you know that Alec Baldwin and uh, Kate McKinnon and uh, Melissa McCarthy, all of these performances in their roles as comedians on the sketch series led to this gigantic spike in nominations for them. But here's what I'll tell you. I'm going to predict SNL has a bunch of wins. 
just because Hollywood hates the president and they want to report, reward the people who beat up on the president. And I'm going to also predict that shows like RuPaul's Drag Race and Transparent are going to score big wins. So ju- just watch. None of the shows that I watch will do, do any, any great numbers. It's going to be completely different. Uh, I'm going to step aside a little bit early in hopes of coming back because it looks like they're assembling and about ready to hit the press conference. So let's step away and come back and try and catch uh, President Trump and President Macron in their press conference next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. We're just about to hear President Trump speak, but let me remind you, um, you you need to do this. You need to get the three-week quick start pack from Relief Factor. It's uh, $19.95 for three weeks of Relief Factor. You'll be able to test it morning, noon, and night like I did. And now I've been taking it every day faithfully since August 7th, because Relief Factor is the all-natural anti-inflammatory that has reduced the pain in my joints, in my knees, in my hips, in my lower back. And now that I'm taking it, I don't take any painkillers. No over-the-counter. I don't take prescription painkillers, but I stopped taking the eight a day of those green gel caps that I was relying on. And I'll tell you what, I feel better I'm more active. I got my life back. I got my golf back. I got my gardening back. I'm walking more longer daily walks with the dog, the new pup who really loves to go for a walk. And I don't have the pain. Why? Because I use all natural relief factor. It reduced the inflammation in those painful joints once before. And now it's very different. You want to get your life back. You want to get the pain gone without the chemicals, without the drugs. Go, go to relieffactor.com. Just check it out. Give them a call. Talk to one of their advisors, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. It's Relief Factor. Most people see results in seven to 10 days. I saw mine starting on day eight, and I'm very happy about it. We are going to see um, French President Emmanuel Macron started talking uh, briefly about two, about 12 minutes ago and uh, seven, well, eight minutes ago, he's still talking and uh, we're waiting on President Trump who's standing next to him in front of the the podiums in Paris. Uh, One of the things that uh, we talk about is uh, how the president carries himself in these moments. Uh, He's paying attention. I think he's about to start speaking right now. Let's pick it up if we can. I believe that this is very much at the heart of the historic alliance between our two countries and which fully justifies the presence of President Trump today and tomorrow in Paris. Thank you. Thank you, dear Donald. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, President Macron. And Melania and I are thrilled to join you and Mrs. Macron. This is a wonderful national celebration, and we look very much forward to it. 
be spectacular. Tomorrow, Bastille Day. We're honored to be here in your beautiful country, and it certainly is a beautiful country, with its proud history and its magnificent people. And thank you for the tour of some of the most incredible buildings anywhere in the world. That was very, very, uh, very beautiful thing to see. Thank you. When the French people rose up and stormed the Bastille, it changed the course of human history. Our two nations are forever joined together by the spirit of revolution and the fight for freedom. France is America's first and oldest ally. A lot of people don't know that. Ever since General Lafayette joined the American fight for independence, our fates and fortunes have been tied unequivocally together. It was a long time ago, but we are together. And I think together, perhaps more so than ever. The relationship is very good. This visit also commemorates another milestone. One century ago, the United States entered World War I. And when the President called me, he had mentioned that fact a hundred years ago, and that was, I said, Mr. President, I will be there. That's a big, important date, 100 years. We remember the tens of thousands of Americans who gave their lives in that valiant and very difficult struggle. We also pay tribute to the heroic deeds of the French troops whose courage at the Battle of Marne and countless other battles will never be forgotten by us. More than one million French soldiers laid down their lives in defense of liberty. Their sacrifice is an eternal tribute to France and to freedom. French and American patriots have fought together, bled together, and died together in the fight for our countries and our civilizations. Today, we face new threats from rogue regimes like North Korea, Iran, and Syria, and the governments that finance and support them. We also face grave threats from terrorist organizations that wage war on innocent lives. Tomorrow will mark one year since a joyous Bastille Day celebration in Nice turned into a massacre. We all remember that, how horrible that was. We mourn the 86 lives that were stolen, and we pray for their loved ones. We also renew our resolve to stand united against these enemies of humanity and to strip them of their territory, their funding, their networks, and ideological support. Today, President Macron and myself discussed how we can strengthen our vital security partnerships. We just had a meeting with our generals and our representatives, and it went very well. France has excellent counterterrorism capabilities. The French troops are serving bravely in places like Mali to defeat these forces of murder and destruction. The United States and our allies strengthen our commitments to defeat terrorism. We're also making tremendous progress. Earlier this week, with the strong support of the United States and the global coalition, Iraq forces liberated the city of Mosul 
from ISIS control. To President Donald now we Trump must work in with the government of Iraq press conference and our from Paris. And allies in the region uh, to we are going to have to take a break for the top of the hour news. When we get back, if they are asking questions, we will do that. We will also be joined by Emily Zanati, our friend from Heat Street, and uh, we'll see if there's any any breaking news in terms of questions. Right now, it's a lot of diplomacy and a lot of respect. And we'll, uh, we'll see if there's any fireworks next on Piero Pelka. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.